and by. Team, happy Wednesday. I hope whatever you're doing today, you've had an absolutely fantastic day. Welcome to our weekly coaching call. I'm just going to bring my microphone a wee bit closer. Sorry if you can hear a bit of kerfuffle in the background. I should have thought about this earlier, but I didn't. Oopsie. There we go. We're here. Hopefully that sounds all right, microphone-wise. Now then, team, welcome to our Wednesday night uh, coaching call. This evening, I want to dive into a couple of things that have come up in conversation over the last week or so, and certainly a couple of things that are in feedback forms. Um, and actually, we've had a few new folks join the Adventure Coach over the last couple of days, and these are a couple of things that have also come up in calls with them as well. So it just so happens to be serendipitous that we're going to be covering these sort of things. And in addition, some of the issues and bits and pieces we're going to be covering today are things that I encounter as well because we are all normal human beings, or at least I like to think of myself as a normal human being. I know a lot of people who would disagree with that. Um, but this, these are normal things to feel. And I want to normalize this because a lot of the things we're going to go into, you're most likely going to have already encountered slash will encounter relatively soon on your development through on your journey, sorry, through self-development. Um, so what we're going to do is we're just going to dive into those each individual bits and I'm not going to go anywhere because apparently I can't change slide. There we go. Um, so we're going to start off with a rather lovely picture of me. That was tired. That was a very tiring, tiring, tiring part of a very long run, which Claire will only know too well. Um, we had just broken through having run through the entire night. Um, we had just come back into the sunrise and only halfway through a race at this point. So it was pretty gnarly. And I want to talk about imposter syndrome. Now, imposter syndrome was something that um, came up in a call I was having earlier, actually. And ultimately, imposter syndrome is an interesting thing. It essentially is a state where you believe you're not as competent as what you think other people believe you are. And the key part here is what you think other people's perceive, uh, perception is of you. Because when we look at something like imposter syndrome, this can transcend anything from our fitness to our profession, to family, to friends, to everything and anything. Um, I get it a lot in coaching every now and then. You get it in the athletic world. You get it everywhere. And one of my mentors once upon, once upon a time said to me that imposters don't get imposter syndrome. And by that, I mean that if you are indeed an imposter, then you're never going to entertain the fact that um, you're... You're never going to entertain the idea of this imposter syndrome at all. You're going to consistently think, oh, you're fine and everything else. But the thing about imposter syndrome is it it's opening up a cognitive pathway. It's opening up a thought process that actually there is more for you to do. And it is allowing you to explore that by assessing and critiquing where you're at right now, which means it's a good thing in a sense, because ultimately what it's doing is it's helping you analyze and assess and understand where you're at right now and what you think certain shortcomings are as you're progressing forward. Now, when we look at thinking about certain shortcomings, there's a fine line between entertaining the ideas and letting the ideas take over. When we look at imposter syndrome, we think we're not good enough, or we're not fit enough, we don't belong in this type of community, we don't belong in this sort of space, we don't belong trying to do these certain things, then what can happen is we can let that eat away at us. And again, a conversation I was having with someone the other day Something happens to us as adults, right, that we forget how to really embrace the positive stuff in life and the happy things. When we're kids, that's all that exists, right? 
all we do is remember the super happy stuff you know the things that flood our system with dopamine and make us feel fantastic that's all we think about that's all we know that's all we can remember we very seldom remember you know the bad times to an extent i'm gonna i'm gonna just caveat that but we as adults for some reason we we hit this sort of age of conditioning at whatever age that is but all of a sudden we start to see a lot of the negative stuff all of a sudden we start to we start to concentrate on those far too easily compared to looking at some of the more positive stuff in life and the thing is the more we concentrate on these negative things the more we're going to see them and the more we concentrate on them the more we're going to feel like we're not good enough uh, basically the underarching principle of this evening's conversation is whatever you think you're going to start seeing because ultimately as you start to think and visualize these certain things be it positive or negative that is going to be the number one thing you're going to see right that's what you're going to see most uh, most often your reticular activator or the part in your brain that starts to um, see and expect these things and, and sort of hone into these things in the sort of general noise of life that you're seeing these are the things you're going to start zooming into a bit more so imposter syndrome is an interesting one, but imposters don't get imposter syndrome. So even if you are feeling it, know that it's the right thing. It's a bit like anxiety before a race or um, anxiety before a difficult conversation. It's your brain that's neurologically hardwiring you in preparation for a certain thing. So I've got a, a um, mindset talk to do on um, at an event on Saturday night. And we're kind of diving into a little less science and a little bit more about like me and my story and stuff. And I don't really like talking about that too much in tons of depth. I like to hide behind science and fact. and going onto that, getting a lot of imposter syndrome myself, you know, don't feel like I should be on that stage and you get all of these different feelings. But at the end of the day, if you recognize it as a state of, okay, I'm about to go and do something really uncomfortable. Well, while doing that uncomfortable thing, I'm going to feel this way as I'm feeling this way. I know that it's my body that's preparing me to, act appropriately for this particular event you know you are building yourself up you're preparing yourself it's a bit like you're preparing for a fight but you're not really going into a fight the next thing i still can't change slides nope can't do anything there we go the next thing is a self-fulfilling prophecy now when we look at self-fulfilling prophecies this essentially articulates into words what we mean by you know what you think and what you see what you visualize is what you're going to what's going to be what's going to be the outcome you're self-fulfilling you are generating it yourself the prophecy that is going to come upon your life so belief becomes reality the more you see the fact that you're not good enough the more that you see the fact that you're just you just can't do this you just can't get it you just don't understand it then guess what that is going to be the reality that you see it's not just a case being you know billy positive and saying positive affirmations and yelling them at yourself in the mirror it's not about that it's about understanding the fact that what you think about yourself and how you speak about yourself is going to absolutely categorically correlate with the outcome of the particular intervention you're trying to do okay so if you're on a coaching journey and you just constantly keep saying you know oh, i'm useless at this or i'm useless at that or i'm no good at this or i'm no good at that or you know this is just you know i just don't understand this bit and therefore i'm useless then guess what you're not progressing anywhere this is the difference between having a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, which we'll come on to in a minute. But ultimately, it's looking at things like this and understanding there's a hugely negative effect on the way that we talk about ourselves. And there is a hugely positive effect on the way we talk about ourselves. I'm not saying we need to become massive egotistical morons where we're just going around saying we're absolutely amazing because equally, that's not going to have a very good effect. What we're looking at here is looking at being positive in the face of adversity. 
i.e. there's a challenge that I'm about to under, undertake and it's going to be difficult for me, but there, but I want to look at this and go, right, how can I grow through this? How can I progress this? How do I attack this particular problem? Rather than, oh, it's too big, I'm just not going to deal with it. Or, you know, I'm just not good enough to deal with this, but I'm going to try and, you know, push through through blunt force anyway, but I'm no good at this. Because the self-fulfilling prophecy is going to be not the case of you're going to just brute force your way through it, but you're not going to be doing very well at this. Because that's what you keep saying. So we look at positive and negative. We need to understand that there was a huge, huge difference. Same with our outcomes and outlooks on life, with family, with friends, with work colleagues, with all these things. The more you say that Sandra at work is a massive moron you hate her because she does X, Y, and Z, then that's all you're going to see. Same with relationships. The more you think, hmm, is there something wrong with that person? Maybe that person just shouldn't be with me. Maybe, you know, she's too good for me or he's too good for me or whatever it is then guess what? You're going to start to see clues that will affirm that self-fulfilling prophecy to you all over the shop. This is not just in your adventure pursuits. This is in your overall life. And awareness, as it says there, awareness is key, right? So recognizing your own self-fulfilling prophecies can help break negative patterns and create positive ones. That sounds easy, and it was really easy to write, but it's not easy to implement. Recognizing your own self-fulfilling prophecies is, is, is a bit like saying, hey, what's your bias? It's, it's a difficult question to ask. When I first went into my nutrition qualification a good number of years ago now, uh, 2019, I one of the first questions they asked was, uh, introduce yourself and list three of your main biases when it comes to nutrition. And it's really, it's really difficult. And I was basically saying, list what you think to be correct in the sense that it isn't actually correct. So when it comes to recognizing your own self-fulfilling prophecies, what we need to do here is we need to recognize where our own self-talk is going, where our own main challenges are. And if you get a piece of paper in front of you and, and, and list it out, not you, Sam, because you're driving, but if you can list out, okay, what are the main challenges that I'm facing right now? Maybe it's nutritional, maybe it's uh, physical to do with fitness, to do with commitment, to do with discipline. Maybe it's to do with your mindset. Maybe it's to do with the fact that you can't get yourself out of bed in the morning. Maybe it's to do with the fact you can't put yourself to bed at night. Maybe it's to do with the fact that you can't, can't stick to a training program. Maybe it's to do with the fact that you don't have the confidence to actually speak out and say, I'm struggling with this. And then think about what the definition is for you, i.e. what are you, as you're going forward into this, like, how are you justifying it to yourself that this is right for you? How are you justifying this own self-fulfilling prophecy to you? Because when we look at this and go, right, what's the number one challenge for me? You've accepted that this is the challenge that you either can or cannot face. If you can face it, fantastic growth mindset, we're pushing forward. If you've decided, no, just can't deal with that, you, you hear it all the time with people with you know technology. Sorry, I'm picking on old people here, but like, no, just can't do that. I just don't understand technology or no, can't do that. I just don't understand nutrition or no, I can't do that. I just I'm too unfit to do this training or I'm just... I just can't be asked to do my strength training or I just don't enjoy running and, you know, it, it bores me or any of that sort of stuff. Like, think about what your self-fulfilling prophecy is and then think about, well, what's the justification for that? What am I selling to myself? Because when we look at how we're selling it to ourselves, then we can understand what our own thought process is. When we understand our own thought process, that's when we can start to fix things. It's a bit like, you know, the car is smoking. I'm going to try and do an analogy here. I do like an analogy. The car is billowing out smoke. And you just sit there and you're scratching your head, you're just looking at the car going, meh, an answer is going to come to me. Or, meh, I'll leave it cool down and it'll just fix itself. 
Or you can open the bonnet lid and you can start poking around, start having a look around, start honing in on what that problem might be. Could be a simple fix, could not be a simple fix. But the more we start to poke around and actually understand, then we can start to see where those self-fulfilling prophecies are being justified and what that justification is and where we're at in those particular places. So I hope that makes sense. Now then, looking at you live what you speak and think, this is kind of, again, diving into it. We just want to understand what the difference is between negative and positive thoughts. Obviously, there's a clear difference, but there's a place for both, isn't there? You know, the negative thoughts are a bit more of the critical ones. We can't just be toxic positivity all the time. We can't be Billy positive all the time. That's not going to happen because you'll lose sense of reality if you do that. You know, we need to have one with the other. We can't have one without the other. If we just concentrate on positive stuff, there is no negative. So therefore, there is no positive, right? It's a bit like it's the yin to the yang, right? It's understanding how there's a difference between productive negative thoughts and productive positive thoughts. Understanding that you can look at negative thoughts in a positive light, i.e. constructively, and you can look at positive thoughts and they can lead you, like it says there, to a more fulfilling life, i.e. it's going to keep you on the straight and narrow. It's not just about being a positive thinking mentalist. It's about trying to figure out what your thought pro uh, processes are, where your thought patterns are going. And it's about understanding what that internal thought process is for you. Still can't change slides. There we go. Now, this is an interesting one. I think I've, uh, you know, we, we've, we've, we've banged the drum now, right, about um self-fulfilling prophecies and what we what we speak into our uh, realities and bits and pieces so now i want to go into something called self-sabotage and self-sabotage is, is, is an interesting one i've certainly found myself doing it uh certainly have before multiple times and i know that other people are doing similar things as well i'm sure you've all seen this in your life at some point if not i'm certain that it will come up at some point in the future because it will self-sabotage is you derailing yourself from your own progress to your goals, right? It takes unconscious actions, patterns of behavior, and awareness and compassion in order to deal with it. But let's look at self-sabotage. That's like, hey, I'm on this goal to lose weight, but one chocolate bar turns into 20, to use a quote that I heard earlier. Or it's a case of, yeah, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to like dial in my nutrition and stuff like that, but you know, stress at work and I just want to eat a loaf of bread or I am trying to deal with my training, but you know, I'm busy. So I just don't bother. I don't bother making the time or you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm lost in the overwhelm of there being so much to do that I just don't bother doing it or I'll just do it again tomorrow. I'll just wait till Monday. I'll just wait till the next month, the new year. You know, we're coming into a prime example of self-sabotage team is, you know, we're coming into December, unfortunately, relatively soon. And December is party season, right, for those Christmas parties. And then every person who is looking at weight loss will look at that. If they don't have the guidance and support they need, they will look at that and go, ah, do you know what? Fat season starts now and I'll just try I'll just start all again in the new year. That is the prime example of self-sabotage. Because they're giving themselves carte blanche to treat themselves like garbage and then deal with the consequences later in the future. I'm not saying that we need to overly restrict everything here. I'm saying that self-sabotage can be altered, but we need to hit it head on, square in the face as it's happening. And I will describe that as we go forward. Because self-sabotage there is an unconscious action. It's something that 
it's almost like an out of body experience. You don't realize you're doing it until you're doing it. And then because you're doing it, you think, I'll sod it. I'll just continue doing it anyway. Because the mindset in that cascading process of actions, the mindset that you find yourself in is really tough to get out of. Of course, it's easy to stop um, eating a chocolate bar physically, but mentally when you're using that as a crutch, when you're using that as a, as a solution to a deeply ingrained issue that you're trying to deal with, then it becomes difficult. Then you look at a pattern, pattern of behavior. All of a sudden, a chocolate bar becomes a daily chocolate bar. All of a sudden, the missing the workout becomes missing three, four, five, six days of workouts. Because once it repeats itself and repeats itself and repeats itself, it becomes a habit. When it becomes a habit, it becomes a negative spiral of habits, a habit that is not adding to the overall benefit of you as a human being pushing forward and then creates more negative habits and therefore continues on to the next one. Awareness and compassion. Recognizing self-sabotage patterns and practicing self-compassion can help you uh, overcome self-defeating behaviors. Yes, absolutely. But how do we start that? Well, awareness needs to come in first and foremost. And it's not about being aware of how it's happening. It's about being aware of what is happening and why. Understanding what your self-sabotaging factors are. Like, what is it for you? Is it coffee? Too many of them. Is it energy drinks? Too many of them. Is it crappy foods? Too much of it. Is it exercise? Too little of it. Is it sat binging Netflix when you should be doing work? Is it... Can we think of any others? You get the idea. It's understanding what... It could be as big or as small as you want it to be as well. Or don't want it to be. It doesn't matter. It's not, you know, it's not a size comparison contest. But it's understanding what's actually happening for you. It's understanding what's going on in there. Because your self-defeating behaviours, this self-sabotage, could be a relatively small thing. It could be that extra half an hour at work. It could be the calling into McDonald's on the way home instead of going home and eating a normal meal. It could be those energy drinks that you have late at night. That's impacting your sleep. But you're having that because you think, oh, I need to plow through the evening. Oops, I need to plow through the evening because I've got stuff to do. And I can't go backwards on my slides. Never mind. I'm going to try and deal with this. I can't go anywhere with my slides. Look at that. There we go. Oh, my goodness me. We're going backwards. Oh, my goodness me. This is not working very well. Sorry, team. Let me try that again. Where am I going? There we go. Sorry about that. It doesn't work when I click on each side of the screen. That's bizarre, isn't it? So when we... Uh, become aware of these self-defeating behaviors then we can start to figure out how to get past them and it's not just a case of sprinkling some compassion on it sometimes we need to you know be a little bit more critical with ourselves we need to figure out where they come from so what we need to do is we need to move on to the next bit and the next bit i was writing this and i was cringing as i was writing this because i couldn't think of any better way to write it I think believe, believing in yourself is very much a cliche thing that definitely gets overused and it's a little bit painful to read and, and write. But just bear with me here. When we have confidence, passion and growth mindset, these are the three things that I came up with that, that help you better believe in yourself. And the reason I've put that is because I know what it's like to have zero belief in your abilities, which is probably a better way of writing it, having belief in your ability, in your competence. That's why I put such a huge weight 
on confidence and competence. Having self-belief isn't just, you know, talking to yourself in the mirror going, yeah, today's going to be a great day because I'm a happy person. You can do that if you want. Crack on. But it's not just about that. Having belief in yourself, having unshakable Conor McGregor style belief in yourself is about holding yourself to a much higher standard. It's about having confidence. Even if you don't believe that confidence, it's about bullshit baffles brains and faking it till you make it in confidence. Because the more you exude confidence, the more your mind will believe that you are a confident person. It's such a strange cycle to get into. But you act confident, you'll most likely be confident. And believing in your yourself and your abilities, that's the key when it comes to growth and success. That's the key when it comes to executing, going to that new place that you've not been to, that new challenge, that new trail race, that new mountain bike race, whatever it is. It's exuding a bit of self-confidence. And sometimes you've got to bullshit yourself. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, it will be confidence that you have forged through fire, through doing stuff. Passion. We've got to be passionate about stuff. If we're not passionate about things, no bloody point. I've, I've said it in a couple of posts, I think, before. I can't remember if I mentioned it in last week's call. But, like, when it comes to your job, your job could be your job, and that's fine. You don't need to be passionate about your job. It does help. You don't need to be. There are some fantastically lucky people in the world who are massively passionate about their job. But when it comes to it, people don't need, you don't need to be overly passionate about it. You need to understand what it's doing for you. You need to understand the service that it's providing for you and your growth so that you can be passionate about something else. You don't need to have your hobbies turning into a passion because, uh, sorry, your um, passions and hobbies turning into a job because that can take away some of the passion from that. But it's very important to be passionate about something in life. And if you turn around and say, hey, Ben, I don't know what I'm passionate about, then great. Go out there and try new things and find one. See what sticks. Because when you have a real deep passion for something and you want to go all the way into the books for it and really practice it and really work on it all the time, then you build confidence. I find I'm in a lucky place that my job, this, coaching, being with you guys, that is a passion for me. I love it. I love it when people come to me with even more things that they want to fix and build on because that's forcing me to grow my knowledge base, to research things, to apply things, to see what works, to progress through with you, which I love doing. I don't know all the answers, but I can damn well find them all. And you find a passion for that, it drives your confidence. When you drive your confidence and you learn and you build your competence, you start to have a bit more belief in yourself. Then you have a bit of a growth mindset. And that growth mindset, again, very overused concept. But here you're just looking at challenges and going, do you know what? I can do that. And as much as I don't think I've got absolutely unshakable confidence in every single aspect of my life, I've got a damn good growth mindset. Because I will look at anything and I will always be the first person to put my hand up and say, yeah, I'll do that. And give it a go. And learn on the way down, as it were. It's like, as the adage goes, jump out of the plane and learn to fly on the way down. Or jump off the cliff, whatever, and learn to fly on the way down. That is the definition of a growth mindset. It's not being stuck in the overanalyzing of certain things. Because you will never move anywhere if you get stuck in overanalyzing. You will just get stuck into analysis by paral paralysis by analysis. Analysis, paralysis. 
whatever way around it is. And you won't embrace the challenge because you'll find ways of talking yourself out of it. However, if we can embrace that challenge, if we can persist and just keep going and keep trying new things and not be embarrassed and not let it knock our confidence, but stay passionate, passionately naive in our growth mindset, and you are going to push yourself forward. A lot of people here take life way too bloody seriously. And that takes away from a growth mindset because there's far too much risk involved. We just need to, we, we need to cut back a few things. We need to cut back a, a bit more of our expectations of ourselves. Like I've said before, lowering the goalposts enough so that we can actually achieve the goal. That's how we build a growth mindset. That's how we build confidence by doing things that we are passionate about, hitting the bar low enough so we can actually achieve the goal and consistently doing that over and over and over again. And for every single person watching this and listening to this, to every single person who is, who is stuck thinking, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, you have very low self-confidence, you haven't yet necessarily found what you're truly passionate about, and your growth mindset's gone down the toilet. Because there's far too much going on. Maybe the goal's too big, and you think it's too far away. And therefore, so it, you are not going to get there in, in enough time. It's too far away for you to achieve. It's not realistic for you to achieve. And therefore, you don't even bother with a growth mindset at all. There's nothing, there's nothing inherently wrong with you. But that's where your mind is currently at, if I were a betting man. So if that sounds like you and you're stuck in that thing, then that's what we need to fix. First and foremost, we need to ask ourselves the question, are we truly passionate about the thing that we want? Do we actually want to do the thing? You know, that, that goal that we want, that thing that we're aiming for, do we want to be there? If we want to be there, then fantastic. We want to do the things that is necessary to get us to that goal. And if you don't, a little bit of hard-hitting Ben Turner love here, if you don't want to do the things that will get you towards that goal, that passion, then guess what? It's not a passion and you can move on to the next thing. Because if you're not willing to do the work to get to them, you're not passionate about it, you're just lying to yourself. And I say that from a compassionate place with nothing but love because I have been in the same place where you keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing to that thing that you think that you want. You hate the process of getting there. You dislike doing all the things that you that, that, that you need to do to get there so you don't do them. So that you, then you just, you keep selling yourself this, this fallacy that you want this thing at the end. And actually you don't. You're not passionate about that thing at all. But to lighten the tone, when you do find that thing that you're truly passionate about, you become curiously playful with how you get there. So I'm going to use mountain biking as an example because I went out mountain biking at the weekend. So let's say, you know, mountain biking, like enduro racing is going to be your thing, right? And you're passionate about it and you absolutely love it. And you know you're passionate about it because every time you get on a bike and you thrash it down some big long trails and you're pumping up hills and you're just you're just having the best time, you are in your happy place. And you're getting air on jumps and you're getting absolutely stoked. You're whooping away. You're having a great time. You've got a massive smile on your face. You don't see any competition in the day other than you just progressing and doing what you want to do because you're just happy to be out doing that thing that you love. That's a passion. And then you go, right, well, how do I break it down to be good at this? How do I define good? Well, maybe I define good by racing. 
Maybe I define good by doing certain routes that I've always wanted to do. Maybe it's going to the Alps and doing something. I don't know, whatever. Maybe it's going to New Zealand and doing some really cool stuff. You know, that's going to be your outcome. Am I willing to do what it's necessary to get there? I.e., I'm going to have to go to the bike park quite a lot. I'm probably going to have to jump on the turbo trainer. I'm probably going to have to do some strength training. I'm probably going to have to commit to some long, boring training sessions through the winter. Am I willing, able, and passionate to do those things? If the answer is yes, then you crack on. If the answer is no, you need to re readdress what that passion is in the first place. Because the, 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 the more you chin that off, the more you're going to completely limit yourself, yeah, your belief, your um, sense of self-belief, and therefore your confidence, and everything else crumbles around it. The power of visualization. Again, this was a relatively cliche thing, and it's not just a case of sitting there visualizing and aff affirming to yourself. It's about understanding what it is that you want and and spending time in that space. So, what is that place that you want to live? Do you want to live in that? Alpine Lodge with a massive garage full of um, full of adventure stuff and bikes and climbing kit and boats and stuff. Do you want to live there and, and do that thing? And you've got that lodge and you're in the mountains and you've got trails right on your doorstep and you can, you've got your home office where you're set up and it's all fantastic. You've got like a bespoke suite for bringing clients to. I'm essentially uh, defining to you what I absolutely love and dream about. You know, the more you can visualize that, Put yourself in that future version of you living and breathing that version and that goal and that visualization. The more you can do that and then crucially bring yourself back to the present and do what's necessary to get there, you're using the power of visualization to the positive. If you live in that future sense of, no, this is what I'd really love to achieve and you don't do anything about it, then it's always going to be a dream and it's never going to be a tangible goal. It's subconscious influence as it taps into the power of your subconscious mind, influencing thoughts, emotions, and actions. Absolutely. The more you visualize vividly to the T what you can see, I can see down to the weather that I'm looking at outside, down to the mountains that I'm looking at, the more it's going to influence what my thoughts and actions and emotions are going forward. I know the exact plan that I need to do over the next three to five years in order to get there. And all we do is we run with it. The plan isn't perfect because it's not going to last for three to five years. Things can change. And obviously, that's I've got to be ready for that. But the thing is, I'm using the power of visualization to its best extent. So if we find ourselves with imposter syndrome, we find ourselves with self-sabotaging, we find ourselves with limiting self-beliefs, we need to understand that we've got visualization to play with. Maybe a lapse in our self-belief. So we need to understand where our confidence, passion and growth mindset lie. And then we understand the mechanics behind each and every single one of these things, understanding what makes up self-sabotage, what makes up um, imposter syndrome, and what's lacking in our armory of skills to bring us forward. So how do we overcome it? We identify what our limiting beliefs are. We challenge them and reframe them. We replace them with empowering beliefs. Well, when we identify what our limiting beliefs are, I think, and our challenges to an extent, I think it's very empowering to, to just get a piece of paper and write them down first because we need to own them. We need to make them tangible. We need to make them real. Get them out of our head. Write them down. I think I'm no good because of this. My limiting belief is this. My imposter syndrome source is this, whatever it is. When you recognize it, then we can start to challenge and reframe them in a much more tangible way because then we look at it objectively and go, how do you solve that? If I've got somebody here who says, hey, I'm overweight and I'm lazy. Well, how do I solve that? Hmm. 
And then you'll answer the question in the most easiest form for you because you're answering your own question. You question that validity, of course, but you can't just say it's invalid. You are questioning its validity and therefore starting that thought process. And then you're going to start looking for a solution. That solution could be an empowering belief. That solution could be a real tangible task. And then we start to grow our, our um, resilience and our confidence. And then we start to go on the path to achieving our goals. And then we look at mindset, growth mindset, fixed mindset. Fixed mindset avoids the challenges and ignores the feedback. The growth mindset embraces the challenges and learns from the feedback. I know there are people here in a fixed mindset because you're avoiding the challenges mostly that I am giving you. And then you're ignoring the feedback, i.e. the feedback form that comes through the week. I'm not pointing fingers here. I'm stating facts. And there are those with growth mindset that are embracing the challenges that I am giving you, i.e. through your training and through your development and through everything else that we're doing here. And you are accepting, not necessarily learning from, but accepting your feedback so that I can help you learn from it. Because all of that feedback that you give me is absolutely critical in understanding how we go ahead week on week on week. It takes you 15 minutes to finish it, fill it in, max, to give me some decent detail. So let's embrace a growth mindset and let's learn from that feedback and progress forward. Let's embrace the challenge that is here for you. We are not here to push you off a bridge. We are here to make sure that you end this process a stronger and better version of you. Fixed mindsets can be quite difficult to get out of, and that's the problem. And the only thing I can say here is if you're a suit of armor, you're going to have to let some, some parts of that suit of armor drop away. The more they drop away, the better the more you're open to embrace challenges, the more you are open-minded, the more you are there to learn from the feedback and the more you are there to progress. So when it comes to these various factors in mindset, there are a lot of things going on. Imposter syndrome, looking at set limiting self-beliefs, looking at negativity in our mindset. We need to first and foremost understand the mechanics of it. And I'm always going to ask anyone who comes to me with these sort of things, where do you think it comes from? And if you want to take something productive from this, if you want to actually use this information to implement it to your life right now, I want you to take these questions, I want you to write them down tonight, and I want you to answer them. These limiting self-beliefs, these challenges that you are facing in your mindset, in your motivation, in your growth, in your self-development, this um, imposter syndrome that you might be feeling, where is it coming from? And if you don't know how to answer that question, try. Because when we look at where it's coming from, we also need to understand, as we go through it, remembering back to the most recent time, what were we thinking at the time? Did something trigger us? What was the thought process that started that cascade of eating chocolate bars, for example? What was the thought process that just thought, you know what, I'm going to go and just do anything else. I'm just going to relax. I'm not going to bother doing the training. Like, What was the thought process there? Because when we look at the thought process, then we can start to piece together the own mechanics of our repair for it. And we can understand how we can progress forward. When we take ownership of it, extreme ownership, as Jocko Willink says, when we take extreme ownership of our own stuff, of our own lifestyle, of our own mindset, we can start to question it. When we start to question it, you're empowering yourself to come up with the answers. And the absolute minute that you struggle 
to challenge yourself to come up with the answers, that is when you use me. Jump into hyper support. I'm not saying I'm going to fix all your challenges and your and your issues at all, but that is where I'm going to pull out different questions that you haven't thought of or that you haven't been able to answer because you're answering yourself. Instead, you're going to start answering me. Start the journey yourself. Embrace that challenge and learn from your own feedback. We are going to forge more of a growth mindset in every single person here, but you have to do the work for that. If you are not willing, I cannot help you. Which is a difficult thing to hear because I think everybody here is indeed willing, but I do think that some people here are struggling more than others. You need to own that struggle. You don't need it to end right away. You need to own it because it's there for a reason. It's there to push you. It's there to make you think about new ways of getting through things. Whatever that challenge is that's in front of you now, it is there for a reason. I am talking about this from a position of having multiple challenges slap me in the face of recent months. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anyone else's challenges are. It matters how they deal with it. It matters how you are dealing with them. If those challenges are in your head, how are you dealing with them? If you're not dealing with them, recognize them. If you can't recognize them, try again. I think that's everything I've got to say on that. Mindset's a really fascinating thing. It's not about being sergeant majored and chest poked and saying, hey, just get on with it, man, and effing and blinding everywhere. But it's also not about being super handholdy and saying that everything's going to be okay. Because sometimes you need to hear that things aren't going to be okay. Because sometimes you need to figure out your own way out of the hole. It's not all about getting the help out of it. Sometimes you've got to help yourself. That is an art to be able to pitch to somebody. But you can deal with this. Whatever that challenge is, doesn't matter how big or small you think it is doesn't matter it does not matter what matters is the challenge that you're going through what matters is what are you going to do about it so there we go team i hope that helps i hope that wasn't too morbid um i realize we might have gone on a bit of a descent there i hope it wasn't too morbid um but looking through the slides i don't think there's anything else i want to i don't want to end on here i think at the end of the day that's a fantastic picture isn't it look at the state of that i was so tired at the end of the day how you think and talk about yourself is exactly the world you're going to see. And that is that is what I want to end you with today. That's a very, very important thing. How you think about yourself, how you speak about yourself. That is the world that you see. And if you haven't quite got the grasp of that, I'm going to leave you with it. And I want you to think about it tonight or whenever you're listening and watching this. And when you have listened to and watched this, Come back to me, jump into Hypersport and tell me what you think. There we go, team. Happy Wednesday. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that's given you a few bits and pieces to think about. I absolutely love talking about this sort of stuff, but I know it can be very heavy um, for one massive presentation. So we'll try and do it in uh, little chunks as we go through. So there we go, team. Happy Wednesday. Have a wonderful evening. Oh, before we go, I will be posting in the community group some updates on the upcoming events. Uh, we've got the Hill Walk on the in October. We've got the Three Peaks Challenge also in October. I want to do a Christmas get together for everybody somewhere relatively central in the UK. Um, and 
we've got the Ultra Trail Snowdonia coming up in May, which I want to get some confirmations down for as well. So I'll be jumping on the community app about that tomorrow. And I'll catch everyone relatively soon. For those who want to join the Adventure Ready Challenge, I'll be reaching out to you individually via Hyper Support to get you onto that. Um, but until then, team, have a fantastic Wednesday evening. Peace. <laughs>